0: The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way, that God gave the Son, the only begotten one, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish. But have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Those who believe in Him are not condemned, because they have not believed in the only Son of God. But those who do not believe are condemned already. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Ophidiophobia Ophidiophobia is the fear of snakes, and Ophidiophobia is at the top of the phobia list. For some people, just seeing a snake, or even thinking about a snake, brings on anxiety. In fact, over a third of adults say that they are very afraid of snakes. Let's take a poll. How many of you would include yourself in that group? About a third of us, all right. Actually, if truth be told, there are only 400 of the 3,000 known snake species that are poisonous and the venom can lead to death, but it probably does not help to know that it's only one third of them, right? Well, Tommy, Tommy knows how to find a snake in the sand. We took Tommy's desert tours while we were in Namibia last January. Now, let me explain Tommy to you. His, I'd say he's in his 60s, his skin is leathery from spending so much time in the sun poking around to find living things. But his personality, well, he's a character, Tommy. He's engaging, often hilarious, and sometimes quite sexist. But Tommy is able to find sidewinder snakes by looking for marks in the sand. Sidewinders move in S-shaped loops. And to escape the heat, these poisonous snakes spend most of their time under, right under the surface of the sand. So after Tommy gets out of the Jeep, and digs in the, digs in the sand with his hands. He takes hold of a snake with an expandable hook and then lifts the snake onto a hat for all of us to look at. He says, it's okay, it's fine. The snake is poisonous, but you're okay, just don't come too close. (laughs) But what I remember as much as that snake in the hat is the reaction of a seven-year-old boy who was Mm -hmm. along, who just went crazy with both Well, getting a little attention, having some fun, but also being very afraid. The Bible starts with a deceptive serpent in the garden. And then there's today's rather bizarre, mysterious, absolutely fascinating story about Moses, the Israelites, and of course, snakes. Slavery in Egypt is behind them. They are journeying toward the promised land, but the trip isn't 40 days like our Lent, but 40 years of wandering and being unsettled and being on the move. Now, when you're starving, manna is like heaven, but the folks are getting pretty fed up with manna cakes with vegetarian manna stew, with quinoa and manna loaf. And like us, when things don't go our way, when patience runs thin, when gratitude is scarce, and when the past is idealized, they grumble, and they whine, and they complain. I love the King James Version for it. They murmur. Things were better back in Egypt, they murmur. Sure, they were slaves, but the food was delectable, so they go to Moses to have it out with him. There's no end in sight, they say. They fear they will die in the wilderness, and they are fed up with manna 24-7. So what the people get is poisonous snakes biting the people back to their senses, and some of them die. Well, it does get their attention, and they repent, they seek healing and forgiveness, and then God provides such a shocking, strange remedy. Not a charmer with a magic snake, no, but an anti-venom. God tells Moses to lift up a brass serpent on a pole, Think of it. The snakes are the result of the people's sin, the people's disobedience. But the snake on the stick is the means of their salvation, their life, their healing. They would look at the snake on the stick and live and get saved, so to speak. So what in the world is anti-venom? Not something I think about a lot. Snake venom injected in mammals, such as horses and rabbits or sheep, these particular animals have an immune response that naturally generates antibodies against the venom. The the anti-venom is then harvested from the blood of the animal and stored to treat snake bite victims. Anti-venom, the cure for a snake, is a snake. And as one very famous preacher, Barbara Brown Taylor said, Moses takes the very source of the people's fear, their rebellion, their death, pulls it up from beneath their feet, puts it on a pole for the people to look at. Now consider the cross. After all, it's a rather bizarre and mysterious thing that we do each Sunday when we process. We lift high a pole with a cross on it. We make the sign of the cross on our bodies. On Good Friday, we lift high a wooden cross over us, the people. And then we, following ancient tradition, stream forward. To honor that cross by pausing, by bowing, by kneeling, by touching, by even kissing it. We look on this cross, a sign of sin, rebellion, and death. And it becomes for us life. It becomes for us healing. It becomes for us resurrection. Anti-venom. But there's more. The American Medical Association uses the serpent on a pole to represent the healing arts of medicine. You've seen it, right? Such snake imagery reaches back to ancient cultures before and beyond Judaism. But think of the symbolism. Threat and salve are entwined together. Surgeons who work under that snake symbol have to hurt you to make you whole. Which leads, for me, to John 3.16. Many people lift up that verse as their favorite, the gospel in a nutshell. And we all know that in some athletic events, people hold up John 3.16 on a sign. Let me say it right away. I'm all for John 3.16 and what it says about God's love for the world. But sometimes salvation gets narrowly defined as who's saved and who isn't. Everything gets reduced to an afterlife of heaven and hell and who's in and who's out. And salvation is diminished to one thing, Jesus dying on the cross for your sins. If you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you get a ticket to heaven. And if you don't, well, you know what happens. Well, last week in my sermon, I wanted us to reclaim the word law from its negative stereotypes as Jews hear how we use the word law. Today, I wanna do the same thing with the word salvation. In our scriptures and in our theology, salvation is much more than life after death. And many of those images come from the Hebrew scriptures so here we go salvation think of it is forgiveness and reconciliation salvation is restoration and coming home from exile salvation is liberation starting with the israelites deliverance from bondage salvation is god's desire for shalom for justice for the good of the earth and all its inhabitants Salvation is healing and wholeness. And salvation is resurrection, making all things new and bringing life from death. So when someone asks you if you're saved, let's not forget that in the Bible, salvation is God's action. As we heard in Ephesians, by grace you are saved. And let's not forget that in the Bible, salvation is communal not some individual soul getting saved. So here's what I say today. Let's save salvation. Let's lift up the good news of God's love for the world, God's love for the cosmos, God's unconditional love for all people of the earth, and God's love for all living things, all living things on this fragile planet. This is not to lessen the bite of the snake. This is not to lessen the bites of life and the sting of death. There's every reason to be bitter at times. Yet then and now, look up at the snake on the pole. Look, in other words, look at your fears and your phobias. Look at your losses. And then gaze on the cross, the tree of life, amazing grace. Wholeness and healing. God's love for the world. Anti-venom.